0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication.
1: And I'm Bailey Merzik, Dan's co-host for the day. Today, The Wrap will serve as the perfect forum to discuss quality forums at Michigan Medicine and why these new events
0: are so important. Now, before we get into that, be sure you go back and get caught up on any episode of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes debut weekly, can also be found on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel, and as part of the headlines, we can review.
1: All right, let's dive into our discussion on quality forums with two of our Michigan Medicine team members. First, can the two of you introduce yourselves and explain your roles in the organization?
2: I'm Dawn Scavars. I'm the uh, program manager for the Quality Forum, um, just kind of oversee those uh, events.
3: And I'm Amy Varecki. I'm a senior project manager in Pharmacy Innovations and Partnerships, and I do a lot of work with the medical group quality.
0: Excellent. All right. So now we've mentioned quality forums quite a bit already in the first uh, intro here for the for the show. What are quality forums, and why have they been created?
2: So the quality forum purpose um, is to spotlight teams in the institution that are advancing quality care. Uh, patient care, and um, we're hoping to just educate people on this great work that's going on and hopefully have you know uh, discussions and maybe some of this work can spread into other areas of the institution.
1: So when, if people are interested, um, when is the forum held and who can attend these, these forums?
2: Um, the forum is held bi-monthly Usually on Thursdays, and it's at varying times. Um, lately, it's been like at noon or five o'clock p.m. Um, anyone can attend. We are looking for people within um, that are looking to learn about quality improvement work.
0: So, what sort of topics are coming up in the future that that either our listeners and and um, you know uh, viewers will be interested in, or maybe that you're just interested in?
2: Yeah, good question. Um, We actually have a couple of presentations um, coming up. Well, first of all, I just wanna say Amy's presentation that she did last week was phenomenal. Thank you, Amy. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do have uh, Dr. Vemuri and his team, and they're gonna be presenting on reducing delays in aortic emergency transfers. And then another one that we have um, in a few more months is Dr. Taper and team. They're gonna be presenting on uh, reducing cirrhosis readmission work.
1: So I just wanted to add really quick too. we didn't really include this in there, but um, we usually put the invites in headlines. um, So you can find it in the events and headlines. Um, So there's many different places you can get to the invite um, for those that are interested. Um, So let's turn to Amy now. Recently you presented um, like Dawn mentioned. So can you give us an overview of the project that you presented on?
3: Yes, of course. Um, And I want to thank you, Dawn, first and your team for inviting us to present. I think we were one of the first um, quality forums. Um, So it was um, an honor and it was a really great audience that showed up and really great feedback and um, a lot of great questions and some follow-up that I've had since then. So it was a great opportunity. Um, And what I presented on is something we've been working on for years. Um, So I started in the Department of Pharmacy Innovations and Partnerships back in 2016. And one of our main quality focuses is improving blood pressure quality um, or blood pressure control with our hypertension population. So those patients that have diagnosed hypertension and improving their numbers. Um, So there are national quality benchmarks um, by HEDIS that we look towards. Um, And the benchmark for blood pressure is 140 over 90. So our goal, our overarching goal is to help our patients with hypertension achieve that number um, or below is what our goal is. And so I sit in this um, department that houses clinical pharmacists. So we have pharmacists that are housed in each of our ambulatory care, primary care offices. And so there's 14 of those. Each provider has an opportunity to refer patients to a pharmacist for hypertension management, so that includes any medications that that patient might be on for their blood pressure control. Um, The pharmacists in our clinics can independently manage those medications so increase or lower the dosage or add or take off one of those medications, according to a protocol that we have set out. they also manage a couple other disease states, diabetes, hyperlipidemia. Um, but for the purposes of my presentation last week, I mainly talked about blood pressure control. Um, so we had um, some research and data that we pulled back in 2016 to kind of really hone in on the population that we thought would really make a difference and in include improving our blood pressure control as a medical group. Um, and what we found was that the patients that we saw in September, um, in December. So the patients we saw in September that had an out of control blood pressure and then three months later in December still had an out of control blood pressure and they actually had the same blood pressure. So that means we didn't follow up with them um, which our recommended follow-up for elevated blood pressure is two to four weeks. So when we're checking that three months later and they haven't had follow-up, that's not great. So, we really wanted to figure out how to identify just those people. Um, And what we did was develop a best practice advisory. So, when a patient's being roomed by a medical assistant, they have their blood pressure taken, just like any of us that go into a clinic. And this isn't just patients with hypertension, this is anybody who walks in a primary care office and they're going to see their doctor. So, they have their blood pressure taken, and it's above that 140 over 90 threshold that I discussed. Um, and so it flags the patient and tells the medical assistant, Hey, this blood pressure is elevated. Please recheck in five minutes. <clears throat> and so a lot of our MAs in the clinics have, um, adopted these little like timers where five minutes later, they'll go and check on the patient again. Um, and a lot of times it's falsely elevated that first reading because the patient's rushing in, they might be stressed about something. Um, they just got done walking across the clinic, um, and we really want them to be a little bit more rested, have a chance to calm down, um, you know, get settled in. And so that five minutes has really made a difference. Um, our data in the beginning showed up to forty percent of patients at their second blood pressure reading, there they came below threshold. So we're really helping we're just with that recheck, we're identifying those patients who truly need follow-up. Um So if they do have a elevated blood pressure at the second reading, then it prompts um, a referral to see our pharmacist um, following their visit with their, their physician or other provider that they're seeing that day. Um, and then I, I went into some community pharmacy work that we're doing a partnership with Meyer um, that we started in 2016 and have expanded to five stores that we're partnered with. Um, we have clinically trained pharmacists at Meyer that see our Michigan Medicine primary care patients, regardless of what filling Um, prescription filling pharmacy that they use. Um, So that's really increased our access um, for patients to have hypertension management.
0: That's awesome. So as one of the first to present at, you know, a quality forum, what was sort of the reception like from those who attended? You know, what was that experience like for you? Were you able to learn from them as well?
3: Um, Yeah, I think it was a really, really great audience. So across the system, and I I think I really enjoyed like the questions that I got and follow up. And, you know, everyone really gets excited about our, especially our community pharmacy partnership. Um, We're one of the only ones in the nation that do this type of partnership. Um, And those Meyer pharmacists have full access to our patient charts. Um, They've gone through hypertension management training um, so it's really great to hear um, or see the reception of that program in particular because um, it's so unique. And then utilizing clinical pharmacists on our care teams is so important and shown so many great outcomes um, that it's, it's really, I'm really grateful to, to be able to present and tell others um, within our medical group about everything we're doing.
1: Yeah, so that was a great project um, that you presented. So, what looking toward the future, um, do you have any other plans or you know expanding um, your research or anything like that in the future? Um, yeah,
3: we are actually continuing blood pressure control as a, a main focus measure in quality um, for the medical group, and so we're really really uh, turning our focus back on the workflow adherence to that best practice advisory, making sure the MAs, um, there's been a lot of like turnover and new MAs. So making sure everybody knows the proper workflow um, because we've shown, I I said, um, if they're following that workflow and rechecking um, and that patient's getting referred uh, to a pharmacist for appropriate follow-up, we're showing a lot better outcomes Um, and with, the COVID pandemic and virtual health. And a lot of those things have really changed the environment since we started this um, back in 2016, 17. Um, we're really focusing, we built you know, a place in the medical record system where we could put home blood pressure readings. So they count, um, a lot of patients have a home blood pressure machine now, especially if they have diagnosed hypertension. And so capturing, um, getting them an appointment one to make sure their home blood pressure machine is accurate. And then once we've been able to validate that accuracy, they're able to just you know let us know um, via phone call or sending us a message in the portal what their blood pressure readings. So really expanding the ways that we're integrating this the blood pressure readings into our medical record system. And then we're really focused on health equity in um, the coming year or two. Um, it's a big um, focus across the medical group for all different quality metrics, but. Blood pressure specifically affects African Americans and our aging population, um, far worse than it affects any other population. So we're really pulling reports in my chart that have patients who are are African American and or of our aging population. And so we can target them first and prioritize them because they are disproportionately affected um, by higher blood pressure.
1: All right, well, thank you both Amy and Dawn for sharing some information today on quality forums. Um, As we talked about earlier, you can find these in the events on headlines um, if you'd like to attend or we usually do a preview story on them. So before you go away, it's time for the lightning round when we ask our guests four quick fire questions that they haven't seen before. Amy, your March Madness bracket didn't do so well. So we are going to put you in the hot seat. (laughs) Are you ready to go? I'm
0: ready <laughs> all right so Bailey just mentioned March Madness but this uh, this time of year also marks the beginning of baseball season are you into baseball and if not are there any other sports you do follow closely
1: I am into baseball go Tigers
0: <laughs> yes good answer
1: <laughs> okay so spring is about to spring what is your favorite springtime activity
3: um, my favorite springtime activity is probably running. Um, I'm an avid runner, and so springtime weather allows me to get off the treadmill and out onto the roads.
0: All right, so we've asked this throughout Women's History Month. Who is one woman that has mentored or played a major role in your success during your career?
3: During my career? Actually, my current boss. Um, and so if she's listening to this. I'm not... Um... <laughs> Not trying to pucker up, but honestly, shes I've been with her since 2016, and she's an excellent mentor. She's a very innovative thinker, um, and she really takes the time to walk through new projects and uh, different visions across the system. And I've really enjoyed a lot of growth since I started working with her, and shes um, I think a lot of people across the system recognize her for that as well.
1: Hey, finally, we are closing out National Nutrition Month. What is one meal that you could eat over and over again and you would never get sick of it?
3: <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I guess since we just passed St. Patty's Day, I'm Irish and corned beef and cabbage and Reuben's. Um, I've been eating a lot of those. <laughs> so that's, that's one dope. I could I could always
0: eat. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for playing along and for sharing information on quality forums and the work that your team is doing. If you want to learn more about these forums, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org.
1: And while you're there, you can check out this week's featured stories. For instance, there was a look at how you can make the most of your valuations as the fiscal year comes to a close, and the organization celebrated the first anniversary of the sepsis team, which is carrying out important work to protect patients at Michigan Medicine. Find all that and more at mmheadlines.org.
0: All right, Bailey. So we've talked about March Madness a lot, and the final four, of course, is coming up this weekend. How into the tournament do you get? Are you a casual observer, a non-observer, or are you basically glued to your TV for three straight weeks?
1: It depends how my bracket's doing. Um, like right now, I have no teams left, so I don't care as much. But at the beginning, yes, I am glued to the TV because we have a big family bracket tournament. So um, I have to watch and see where I am in the standings all the time. So um, what about you?
0: Yeah, so I'm way into it. Um, I don't think, first of all, I don't think anyone has any of the teams left. It's been such a weird year. Um, But yeah, I'm basically glued to the TV for three straight weeks. I think that is uh, reasonable to say. Um, And I'm always rooting for the underdogs. So I always, you know, I probably don't pick them in the brackets, but I'll just still be sitting there rooting for them. I think that's one of the, the beauties of the tournament. So I pretty much love it. Now, who's your prediction now to win the championship now that we know the final four teams? I'm going with UConn.
1: Yes, I was going to say UConn as well.
0: All right. So now <laughs> now everyone in Connecticut can love us.
1: Or Iowa for the women's.
0: Yes, Iowa women look amazing. Caitlin Clark is incredible.
1: Okay. It's time for the weekly trivia contest. This week's question is, which two inpatient teams recently earned recognition for their work on sepsis? Once again, which two inpatient teams recently earned recognition for their work on sepsis? You can find the answer in this week's headline story. And once you know it, you can send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize.
0: That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much to Amy and Dawn for joining us. And thanks, as always, to all of our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.